0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Bucks Banter podcast. Here we are live on Bucks Report on this fine Monday, November 29th, coming off of a crucial road victory for the Buccaneers. Something they they haven't been too great at playing on the road so far this season. Uh, and I wouldn't say yesterday was was a pretty victory, but they did get the job done. 38 Bucks, 31 Colts. Uh How are you doing, boys? Scott Capron, Bo Yard here with me. What's going on, fellas?
1: Feeling good, man. Feeling great. Feeling like Lenny in the fourth quarter, buddy. I'm ready to go.
0: (laughs) Love that. Love that, Mr. Capron. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it it was a really interesting game. It was entertaining, I guess, depending on the lens you were looking through. Frustrating, exciting, all that stuff. Uh, I think the keys to victory for the Buccaneers were were the splash plays on defense. Uh, the team generated five turnovers, um, if, you, if you include the special teams play, which is, of course, a turnover. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, success on the ground as well. So, in terms of those five turnovers, you know, the, the Bucks D wasn't playing a great game in terms of their execution to slow down the Colts' passing attack, but they did manage to create turnovers at key moments. I found it very reminiscent of their playoff run last year. That was kind of the MO of the defense, right? They weren't necessarily like a top, top-tier top defense in the league by any stretch of the imagination, aside from their stoutness against the run. Yeah. Uh, but they have shown an affinity, or at least they did last season, for creating big big plays at big moments, especially in the postseason. And I, it just felt like one of those games, like the game versus Washington, the game versus, versus the Saints especially, in terms of just kind of how yesterday went.
1: Yeah. So a so hundred, so couldn't agree with more uh, on a couple of those points. Obviously you'd rather see your defense consistently st- um, forcing three and outs and making stops uh, as, as far as sustainability goes, but what they needed yesterday to win that game were these turnovers were these huge plays. And that's exactly what Shaq Barrett did. And then they had the pick later on in the third quarter. And then obviously turning them into points on the other end, because, like you said, Colin, they weren't going to just stop them. It didn't seem like they were going to be able to stop them. They needed to force big plays and uh, and go from there. And y- you can win like that. You can win like that, but then you can absolutely get beat on any given day when the when your defense isn't playing well and isn't making those splash plays, right? So, um, you know, it's kind of a, a 6 and one half dozen scenario because, like I said, you, you'd rather just – you know, knock the crap out of everyone and, and, you know, be forcing punts and all this, but they made the plays when they needed to and uh, ended up with the win.
0: And it's, it's a couple games in the row in a row now that they've started to at least do that. Like when, when your defense is as banged up as the Bucs D has been, especially in the secondary all year, you're going to need some of these big plays. And I mean, the run D was obviously a huge factor uh, because the presence and reputation of, of the Buccaneers run stoppers forced the Colts to, ultimately uh their their traditional or preferred game plan so dramatically like coming off a five td game for for jonathan taylor where him yeah. and the colts offensive line just dominated the bills in buffalo i was very curious heading into this game to see if they would remain stubborn with that like run first philosophy especially after a game like that or if they would try to attack the bucks in a strength first strength battle or, like just run it at run it down their throats but uh, Frank Reich and the offense—it was pretty obvious right away. They opted to attack the Bucks through the air, as yeah. every other team has done for the most yeah. part of this season, and it worked really well for that first half. Yeah, um, you know, it really was working. Wentz Wentz looked good. He was he was taking what the defense gave him, lots of stuff in that middle middle portion chunk. of the field. Yeah, yeah. chunk plays. But unlike many games earlier in the season the Bucks D was able to create those turnovers that we that we're talking about and that helped to bail the offense out a little bit. Um because the offense the offense looked very stagnant. They just did not seem oh. to be on the same page, particularly Brady and his receivers.
1: It's a miracle they got to 38 they scored 38 points. Yeah. Like I mean, hey, that's obviously an unreal output in any week, but the way that game looked, the way you know, 38 seemed impossible.
2: Yeah, I texted Scott, like, I think early in the third, I was just like, it doesn't look like this is going to get going at any point here. Like, it just felt like the Colts were in control, and to see that they were able to come back and kind of get a little bit of explosiveness back was surprising, to say the least, and welcome, I'm sure, for all the Bucs fans, but um, yeah, just going back to the Colts, like, their game plan was seriously, I think, is the same thing that every NFL team has. It's like, if you're going to play Tampa Bay, you can't really win you can't win the game by running the football so you have to go out there establish your short game establish that those mid-range passes and and hope you get some yards after the catch uh, that way and try to break one but um and and not take anything from jt uh anything away from jonathan taylor but um yeah 16 touches for i think 83 yards it's it's not a bad game but it's uh you, you
0: can't they, they want to use them in their game plan and you just can't against this defense. Yeah, and like I think uh, Frank Reich, I saw a little like a snippet of his press conference today um, and I thought he addressed it really well and it's kind of like, you know, no one's complaining about them altering their, their strategy in that first half when the Colts looked phenomenal and then in, in yeah. the second half when things start um, not going their way, all of a sudden people are saying, why why aren't we just pounding the rock with, with no. JT, right? Yeah, so it's that- that's the so easy to say.
1: That, that's so easy to say. That what the problem is if you don't have a good quarterback, even if he plays well for a half, it's hard for them to play well for a full game. And that's yeah. what happened. Like I don't, not Wentz wasn't brutal or anything, but you know he had a couple turnovers, and th- there you go. That's what happens. Once quarterbacks regress back to the mean, even after a hard, after a hot start, then this is when other like better teams can get back in the game. And that's exactly what it, what it was. You have to, if you're gonna throw the ball and you've decided that you're going to throw the ball, you have to keep doing it. And that's yeah. what they landed on. But it just, you know, Wentz played about as normal a Wentz game as he can, and that isn't good enough to beat the Bucks, right? I,
2: I would say it was a good Wentz game, honestly. Yeah, it was a good one. Like, game. to me, like, and and as guys on this podcast who were slandering Wentz in our previews and of, uh, of the season, um... I don't think very highly of him, but that was like, and he's shown up for a few weeks in a row now as being a guy that you can somewhat depend on. But there's always going to be like four or five plays that you're just like, oh my God, that was almost a turnover, or that was a turnover that we just did not need to have happen. And that's in
1: um, Boda, and that's the difference. Like in those games for um, you know, for the Colts to win, those those turnovers have to become almost turnovers. So yeah, a long pick has to get dropped or it's just batted down or you, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't see the, uh, you know, the weak side guy coming, he gets sacked, loses the ball, but then the Colts fall on it. Right. So yeah, it's yeah. not a disaster. Those are the things that have to happen. But when they actually turn into these um, incredibly negative plays, then, you know, if, if you have a less than average quarterback, you know, like the 20th best quarterback, you're going to lose these games. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah. And it was funny. Like Brady really didn't, Brady didn't play well. Like this wasn't a great Tom Brady game. He's had a tremendous season no matter how you, how you slice it. Um, But I I felt in a weird way relieved. And I think it's beneficial for him to at least once again, feel that it's not solely on him to execute flawlessly in order for this team to win, Uh, you know? And, and I think like these splash plays, it just felt so good. Like I was hyped up, like really hyped up for this game. It was a big game. The bucks have struggled on the road. Um, the Colts are six and two in their last eight games coming off a massive win versus an AFC powerhouse in the bills. They, they dominated the bills so thoroughly, thoroughly last week that everyone's questioning whether the bills are legit, which is fair, different story. Um, Shaq Barrett. I just want to talk about a couple guys who created some of these turnovers and guys who stood out to me. Shaq Barrett, he had two sacks, could have been three. He had that massive force fumble. He was fantastic. Um, and Antoine Winfield, man, that pick He's I so good, dude! Oh my God, is he good? He's he's so good. insanely good at football. Yeah, he's so good. He's a vet, man. It, it's yeah. unreal. He oh, is no. not in his second year. He's incredible. No. And you look at him and you think he's just some thumper on the back end, right? Because like he looks so stocky and so thick with two C's, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> But but the dude can move, and he's an incredible ball hawk. Cap, I know you were high on Winfield coming out of the, out of uh, Minnesota University of Minnesota, as a lot of people were. Yeah. But he is, he has, I think met and 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 when he was picked, I feel like everyone thought it was a good pick. Not just in Tampa, but everyone was really high on grabbing him in the second round. But he has, has to have at least exceeded expectations so far.
1: Well, he's I, a I think, back there. yeah. Well, I think the general consensus was he was one of those guys that, um, however, his career is going to go, he's going to you are going to get the most out of him, right? Like he's going to give you what it you know whatever it takes to get the best. Um, production from what he has just in him right and even as a second rounder great and he's uh he's lived up to it he's awesome and you know he's standing out on a defense with all those stars and all those huge names which is is really saying something right and i i know like we said everyone's been banged up especially the defense it's been tough but like He's just a phenomenal player, and he's going to be huge because I think teams look at the teams are going to have to go through to get to the Super Bowl. They're all going to be chucking the ball. They're all going to want to throw it. So he, you know, good luck going at Winfield, right?
2: He changes the ceiling of that defense. That's just that's just what it is. Like it's just it's a different defense with him back there, with him literally all over the field. Really, um, it doesn't do justice what I think is, he I think he only had seven tackles, but he's just kind of around on everything you know what i mean like it's just he's just always around yeah it, seven tackles quarters, five solos like
1: that's not bad that's pretty solid and quarterbacks, nice are aware, quarterbacks are aware of him yeah right which is you gotta stay away from as high a compliment as uh as you can give like they need to account for him on all downs especially when they're pushing the ball down the field and look that he ended up making the big play right like 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 constant like they weren't gonna stop him. They needed those turnovers. As someone who bet the box minus three, I can tell you that it did not look good defensively, but you make the big plays when it counts. And like we said, they still somehow scored 38 as a result. And um, yeah, man, that was, it really did have similar Washington and New Orleans vibes though. Like I think that needs to be addressed. This just happened to be one that they kind of won, which is great. I mean, I know Colin, you were, uh, there were a couple people on Twitter talking about oh, – I, I can't even remember exactly, but they were arguing about the quality of the win. But, like, yeah, I could kind of see where they were coming from just from a standpoint of, le- like, like head- letting teams hang around and not playing their best. But it's hard to win. And Indy, like you said, had been hot. You know what? That's the other thing. The other takeaway I'll, I'll – you know, Indy's solid. And, you know, I kind of assumed Tampa was just going to go in and roll – um, just based on talent alone and like the Brady versus Wentz matchup, I kind of thought it was going to be like a 34-20 game. But they showed up. They played well, and they easily could have won the game. So that that one's on – I'll eat a little bit of that, considering how, how solid Indy's been been lately.
0: They did show up. And, you know, the yeah. Bucks' D-line hasn't been talked about a ton. I know I already talked about Barrett, but they, they were going up against a really solid offensive yeah. line, and uh, they were were making things difficult at, point, at times for Carson Wentz. They've done their job. The issues is just like the injuries in, you know, the secondary. And obviously Devin White was was really banged up yesterday. He missed the majority of the first half, came back, wasn't himself. That was unfortunate because I was really looking forward to I thought it was a big game for him. But he's been playing, he's been playing really well um the last few games. So that's huge. Another guy I want to just mention is Mike Edwards. Um, you know, a safety playing a lot of like slot. He's playing the or playing in the nickel, covering Doing slot receivers. Can, yeah. And he just keeps making plays, man. Like, Mike Edwards is is not discussed enough. I think he – if the buck come out of this and things work out, once they get Carlton Davis back, which, fingers crossed, things are looking pretty good for next week versus Atlanta. Obviously, Jamel Dean went down this game, which sucks. But And Sean Murphy Bunting is really having trouble out there. Um, but – you know, if, if fully healthy, I, I do expect this unit to improve dramatically. And I think Carlton Davis would be a huge factor because now you got a guy like Mike Mike Edwards who, who you can't keep off the field. You have to find ways to get him on the field, uh-huh. uh, in my opinion. I don't know. Corey Hall on Facebook um, just talking about uh, they stayed in cover two, so not much open, but the flats in the middle third. So Brady took what they gave him. The Colts, a good team. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you're right. Corey, yeah, I'm with that. Um, you're yeah. totally, it's totally accurate. I think, I think I still expected the Bucks receivers. To, I, there was more to it than Brady taking what what they gave him, though. In this particular game, I think generally the result would support what you're saying here. And and Lenny had a massive, massive second half. Yeah. Dude looks like a blend between Marshall Falk and Jim Brown this year. Is is that the is he the game? It, he gets the game ball like. Yeah, he gets four of them, one for each touchdown,
2: man. He's got it, right? Ties a franchise. He he just seems kind of unstoppable a little bit, right? Even Rojo got in on the party too, right? So big shout out to the offensive line for the Bucks as well. But
1: with all the weaponry on the outside, there's so much potential running room for these guys. If they if they if they play call effectively, they're gonna have advantages. Not I'm not taking one iota away from lenny he was fantastic but it's just the the balance offense in football it just allows everybody to eat right and and he's such a classic example on why he's been so productive this year he was awesome and um once again i hate to take it back but uh you had tampa minus three that last run was pretty nice as well to just uh punch (laughs) it all the way into the end zone there too but um anyways yeah also I don't know where you. I'm. I'm sure we discussed this, but um, I think it's nice to not have a one A and a one B. It's a distinct number one and number two, and that that's not even to take anything away from Jones, but he knows he's going to get the ball what eight to twelve times as yeah. opposed to oh, you know what you happening? might be the
2: number. You might be the feature. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly, because you know before before this you know run from Fournette that was obviously possible, right? So. I think that helps anyone. I think the like the role allocation will help help their chemistry. Everyone knows what's happening. It's uh it's huge for them. And he was awesome. Again, Fnatt was awesome again. I'm
0: I'm glad you said that, Scott, because I I completely agree and as a Bucks fan, it's really nice like coming into this year um I just was prepared for the handcuff we talked about it a lot just for them splitting carries pretty equally and even if one guy ran away with it i just didn't expect it to happen this quickly or for bruce to fully commit to fournette as that bell cow guy um and he is certainly taking advantage of it i texted i texted scott about how yesterday because him betting on the bucks it was nice he was engaged via text with me talking to him more so
1: than usual yeah
0: yeah but just how, how, like he's looking like the guy who was drafted fourth overall at LSU more than the guy who was discarded by the Jags and waived. Like, right? like now he has to be viewed that way. Like, let's not forget, you know what I mean. Like, this isn't shouldn't be a shock. He's had the talent, and I think he. The the thing about Fournette is he seems to be endeared by his teammates. Like, if you watch any of the Buccaneers com- communications, like they do tons of great social material on socials and content and. He's just, like, totally embraced, and it seems like the guys absolutely love him, and I feel like he's yeah. kind of got this, like, replenished zest or passion for the game. Um, and I know we've talked about it, but I, I think Bruce Arians has a lot to do with that, and I think I think Lenny appreciates it, and I just think he's a, a really nice fit, and I was not high on Lenny um, at this point of his career. You know what I mean? I was Team no. Rojo. I'll be the first to tell you. I was Team Rojo. Uh, But this Leonard Fournette, you know, it's a theme. We're always having to talk about him because he just continually is churning tough yards and he's catching the ball. He's catching the ball. Nice reminder here. He's only 26. People are whack. Chris Williams on YouTube. Thank you, sir.
2: I take that with a grain of salt, though, right? Because that's not normally how these things end, right? Like the way that uh, Lenny's career was like the trajectory of his career, like it's not normal for a top pick to get cut and then go to his next team and be good right away. Like no. that's not a normal thing that happens in football or any sport really. Like it's it's uh it's really to tough be to be good again. Yeah, yeah, really. it's really tough to regain that type of and I'm not saying he's reg... because like you're drafted 4th overall I think. You're kind of Supposed to be the guy that kind of changes a franchise and puts it put it on his back, and that's not his role in Tampa at all by any extent. But no. he is a different player than he was with the Jags. That's well, what
1: for, I mean, speaks to a couple of things. This is why you should never take a running back at number four, obviously. Yeah. And um, but yeah, he, I think he's playing like he realizes that if it weren't if it doesn't work here, then he might you know really not make any money again as a football player. So and like I don't yeah, I don't mean to reduce it to that, but in in all seriousness, like this is how th- like this is how you can provide for like generations of your family, right? This is when you yeah. have to do it right now. And I swear, I'm sure sh- he was five star, can't miss out of LSU. He was unreal at LSU. He comes, I he comes to the NFL as the number four running, like number four overall pick. I'm sure he never had much like football adversity, right? No, it no. was just all a matter of. Yeah, he will be awesome and then get a contract and you know, be an eight time pro bowler or something like that. And that wasn't that wasn't the case. And he's playing just differently. Like he's playing like he knows nothing's guaranteed. And I know that's a little bit uh cliched or whatever, but that's how it actually looks to me, and it's it's actually manifesting itself on the field.
0: Let me take your cliche a step further. He's got a chip on his shoulder.
1: Oh, baby, <laughs> does he ever chip in
0: Hey man, cliches are are popular for a reason because often they're they're versatile in their description of various things. Um, <laughs> a lot of in, ter- in terms of yeah, in terms of <laughs> the offense, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense just taking it a step further than just Fournette. I mentioned his four touchdown performance ties the Buccaneer franchise record with uh, Doug Martin and Jimmy Giles. I just want to say. Bo, you mentioned it already, and I'm glad you did. Just the O-line played a fantastic game.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, they were without their best player, arguably, in, in Ali Marpet. And then his backup, valuable backup, that I was just ecstatic. They re-signed, as I think many Bucks fans were who were familiar, was, was Aaron Stinney, versatile backup guard uh, who did mm-hmm. phenomenal at last year's postseason run filling in for Alex Kappa. He goes down early in the first quarter, and, um, you know, Nick Levert, Leverett, I'm not sure how to properly pronounce his name, um, comes in. And, yeah, he he gave up a sack to DeForest Buckner at a point. But this is a third-string guard. It was his first start, like first NFL action, live action. And I thought he did a really serviceable job in a nightmare matchup against a guy like DeForest Buckner. So this O-line constantly, as O-lines are in general, it's the most underappreciated position in all of sports. Um, but this O-line is just, you know, that's what you want. You don't want them being talked about much, and they haven't been, but, but they deserve to be because they're just such a fantastic unit. And when you got not one but two guys who can slide in three deep at one position and still get the job done um, and pave the way for Fournette like they did, and, and Brady had plenty of time for the most part. I mean, really impressive job by this unit. They look like the best offensive line in football. I mean, that's obviously subjective, depending on what metrics you find most valuable. We'll have to ask Brandon Thorne. But loving the O-line, loving the big boys, Bo. I know that gets you excited. Gets me going, man. Yeah, there's no holes. Like, that's the thing,
2: right? And part of it is Brady getting the ball out fast, and that's always going to be something that people bring up when they talk about the Bucs O-line. But um, they are protecting that pocket so well, and they are moving guys in the run game. Like they're just you just don't get to be where you want to be against this O line, which is the most frustrating thing for any defensive line. Um, DeForest Buckner was like trying to wreak havoc, and obviously he got to the quarterback once. But even getting to the second level against a guy like Darius Leonard, like he he had a good game, he had a big game, um, and he sticks out on the on the tape. But they're there when you need them to. So yeah, big shout out to the O line. He's so good, Darius Leonard. Like, he's, he's just nuts. A- he's scary to look at. Like every play, it just seems like he's. If it's within five yards of the snap, he's going to be there.
0: He's smart too. Like he's a yeah. really smart player. He's long, also. Like his arms are really long. I find that really noticeable. Hence that tip pass, kind of yeah. displayed mm-hmm. his length and his smarts because right away he's he's knowing that they can't. They got to pick up that PI flag. Yeah. Um, so very cool. His got- shoulder like his like delt
2: is like the size of like a normal bicep like it's like <laughs> it, that's how long it is it's insane yeah. it's yeah. so
1: crazy when in on a field full of people who are just different then someone actually stands <laughs> out and looks different like yeah. like oh wow that is something else going on there yeah he's like and and intangible- classic
0: linebacker classic middle linebacker you know what i mean and just like the intangible factors Matter, you know, like Scott at that level, like coming out of uh, coming out of South Carolina State, he was he was nothing to write home about. I mean, he's he, sorry, I don't want to say that, but I mean, you know, he was tore. I don't mean nothing to write home about, but I mean, a lot of guys wrote wrote him off or didn't consider him this anywhere near this elite of a prospect. And like what he's right. done in the NFL, he is a top three linebacker, undoubtedly in the league. And I think I think you know, coming into this year, I was certainly feeling Devin White. As you should be, and he, he's starting to really come around now. But at that point, I would have been like, "Oh, give me Devin White all day." But I think, I think Darius Leonard this season has kind of just the consistency and the all-around play has has shown that Devin White yeah. has a lot of work to do. That well, that wouldn't—that's not a trade
2: that would interest you, Devin White for Darius uh, Darius Leonard for Devin White.
0: No, just because Devin's younger and like his ceiling's still crazy, yeah. barely
2: younger, and you have Tom Brady right now. So no,
0: I would not do that. Absolutely not. No. Look what Devin White really? did in the post. Devin White in the postseason last year looked like a fucking Lawrence Taylor, but moving like moving like from the middle, moving like a DB, like half Rondé Barber, half Lawrence Taylor. You know, a little bit of Charles Woodson. Like he just,
1: wow.
0: he was always know, he's- he's- This is this is a lot. But Darius Leonard beside Levante David would be uh, that
2: would be a special like brainiac Mensa Club type of linebacker core.
1: Listen, I don't want it to come down to this, but I have written home about Devin White, and I have never written home about Devin White. <laughs> okay? The, the letter, I can get the letters. I got the receipts. I get the, the return to centers, actually, because my parents just, you know, didn't want to read them, I suppose. But for whatever that's worth, I just wanted to throw that in there.
2: No. They're, they're, it's, we're picking here, ha- We're, uh, like, splitting hairs here, right? Darius yeah. Leonard and Devin White, those are two of the best linebackers in this league for a long time
0: absolutely uh jared france on facebook i was there yesterday that is awesome i'm about a 10 hour drive away from indy and i wish i it would have worked in terms of my schedule and who was around to potentially go with me one of them just had a kid um so i didn't even (laughs) ask him funny
1: funny you say that and it's ironic just that they're in indy because you know not that it's a Michigan football podcast, but we're 26 minutes in, and Michigan's going to be in Indianapolis for the Big Ten title game. So I've been looking for hotels and stuff basically since Saturday night. Or yeah, <laughs> I wanted to wait till after the game was officially over, right, to, to look. But um, seven hours, seven hours door to door to the old whatever the Colts play at. Is it the RCA Dome still? No, I don't think that. Wasn't right. it Lucas Oil or whatever? Lucas Oil, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Seven hours door to door. So under consideration.
0: Waited till after the Bucs game to bring that up. Hey, eh? we could have just made it a week long thing, Mr. Capron.
1: Sorry, bud. Sorry. there's a lot going on. All right. I'm still I'm still trying to just come to fruition with the fact that Michigan won the game. So it's a miracle that we're here even forty eight hours later.
0: Yes, congratulations. By the way, I, I would have brought that up, but I see you couldn't resist.
1: That's uh, okay. Opportunity. I, mean, and I, I don't blame you. One might argue that Michigan beating Ohio State doesn't have a ton of relevance to the Colts-Bucks game, right? So I, yeah. I think I'm okay with uh, with letting it slide until now.
0: Um, Corey Hall on Facebook, do you think the Bucks re-signed Fournette? Great question, Corey. I think a lot depends. There's a lot of moving factors there, kind of a tough thing to predict. I will say that I think Jason Light and Bruce Arians are both big on like the loyalty factor, and they will feel a special attachment if Fournette is able to keep performing how he has this year. And I think they will make an attempt to re-sign Fournette. He was generous. Um, you know, he had a huge postseason last year, but he signed a pretty, like, he could have got more money elsewhere. There were teams like the Seahawks and other teams very interested in his services for this season. He wanted to run it back in Tampa. He liked the opportunity. He liked the vibe. He liked the jewelry that comes with winning a Super <laughs> Bowl. Um so I think he's going to want to stay, and I think they're going to want to resign him. The question is, how short term can they go? Can they? Can, and and what's the the financial flexibility? Bucks have started to have have to get a little more creative in terms of um, pushing back salary and things of that nature. Voidable years. Voidable years. Mike Greenberg. I think if, if you
2: resign Lenny Fournette, you're going to hear the words voidable years quite a few yeah. times.
0: And like you know, there's plenty of good running backs going to be in the draft this year. Um, so. We'll see. Well, it, it all depends on what that number is and how the rest of the season plays out. But definitely yeah, something worth good. mentioning. Appreciate this. It's going to come
2: down. It's going to come down to years. It's definitely going to come down to years. If you if you're talking about Luddy Fournette, yeah, so for
1: sure. And he wants if, to be and, here and though. If, I, if he can get more guaranteed after what he's done, like it's probably what he's going to do and what he should do, right? Even though the loyalty factor is obviously high, like Colin just mentioned with the Bucks. So yeah, yeah that, that's a really fascinating one, especially just he's been so good. Right, he's, he's he's obviously going to be coveted around the league.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh Rich O six six five on YouTube. Uh was great to see Gronk kick butt yesterday. Rich, thank you for saying that. Leads yeah. nicely into the next yeah. player that we yeah. can't not talk about. Um Rob Gronkowski, man, like it was him coming back from this injury these last two games. He's been their most dynamic offensive weapon. Seven receptions for 123 yards yesterday. I said yeah. after the Giants game, you know, not just not just a red zone threat, not just a beast in the blocking game, but he's, he's, he's a dynamic receiver as well. And I'm just – my eyes are being open to it in a way that, like, he's given them what they need when they're not getting – when Evans and Godwin are having some trouble – whether it's the scheme, whether it's a matchup, regardless of the reason, um, he 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 seems to have really peeled back another layer of his potential within this offense. Him and Brady's chemistry continuing—I don't I don't want to say grow, but continuing to resurface—and and, and um, it's been really exciting and and much needed in a game like yesterday. They do not win that game without Rob Gronkowski.
2: Not a chance. That this guy literally cannot—he only falls forward. He like wherever you hit him first he's getting two to three more yards, if not, like, five. Like, he's insane the way that he deals with contact in the NFL. Uh, like, talking about Darius Leonard and looking different up there, when Gronk has the ball, it feels like the guys around him are children. Like, it's it's crazy how fast – or not how fast, just how strong he seems on the field still to this day. So, um, yeah, I was going to say, like, if we don't give the game ball to Lenny, it's probably Gronk's, right?
0: Yeah gronk deserves a game ball for that for sure his hands his hands it's funny because you're talking he's so strong and he's so like robocop looking out there but he's catching the ball away from the body always he still has soft hands soft yet firm i don't know how to describe it it's crazy (laughs) it's just wild um a couple other good comments coming in here that i think we need to hit on um you know, half the fun being here on Bucks Report, doing these Monday night Monday night wrap-ups, is to have all these great people watching um, and chiming in. So I want to make sure we're involving you guys. Uh, make sure you check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel, Bucks Banter. Greatly appreciate it. the support. Oh. Alex Schaumber, hope I'm saying that right, my guy. Um, we just got to stop playing from behind. Other than that, we are good. I- yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, it's it, it's it's like a warm up almost, right? Like that first quarter feels like not we're not all they're not all going, but especially especially Brady lately, it seems like he's not ready to go from the first snap.
0: Well, don't hey, let's not get too let's not forget too much. Um, you know, la, la, against the Giants, that first opening drive by Leftwich and Brady was possibly sure. the most flawless offensive Clinical, drive yeah. I've ever For seen in sure. football.
1: But Bo's right, there have been a couple of examples of just like, okay, what do you need to get started in this game here? You need to be yeah. down 14-3 just to, to wake up, or and that's Brady and team team wide, which are kind of you know go hand in hand, right? So uh anyway, yeah, I think that's true. Uh Alex saying that about the the Bucks and th- especially against the class of the NFC. I'm sorry, I know I keep harping on it, but the top of the NFC is so deep. And to to make a run, you're going to have to beat a handful of really good teams. And you're definitely, it's going to be hard to come back from these huge deficits because those teams can score too. And they can, they can keep piling up points. And they're um, relentless. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, having to come back against Washington or even New Orleans is like a Trevor Simeon led New Orleans team is just not the same thing as playing against Kyler or Aaron Rodgers. So, um, yeah, that's something that needs to be addressed. I, Listen, we saw it in the playoffs last year. I think they can borderline just flip a switch and realize when the games really matter here. But um, it's definitely something worth mentioning.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like the offense is the least of my worries with the team no, in it's general. Very,
1: it's just the the vibe, like it's just the whole like the whole sense of the team, and and then like how much how much they're into the game right away. It's not necessarily the number of points the offense scores like even in that Saints game they scored 27 points right like, which is normally enough to win it's just um yeah it, it like it, it's just the general vibe that they're sending out and whether or not they even want to be there uh, it seems like on given Sundays.
0: absolutely I'm not I, like I'm not saying I don't agree or see what you guys are talking about or what Alex yeah. brought up like I I do and what Bo said like I totally do I agree I'm just saying I'm extremely confident that they'll work it out like I'm yeah. not worried. Once yeah. Antonio Brown's back, Gronk playing yes. like this, Gronk and Adam When is AB up. back? I was just trying to look that up. Is, is it's there it's been words? pretty mysterious. It's been pretty mysterious. Yeah. Wait and see. We're they playing sure. the Falcons th- this week, so like I don't see a need to rush him back unless he's that close to being ready. This I, has been a hush-hush qu- a injury, the I, the AB yeah, one. we really see him in a walking boot on his own Instagram. Um, So we really don't know the extent of it. At least I do not, if anyone has some insight on this. Maybe some of our our local Floridians were at training oh. camp or saw the press conference live. Chime in. Sorry, don't, Scott. You-
1: don't rush anyone back to play Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. Don't even don't even rush. Don't even you know slowly jog. Don't do anything in order to get these guys back against it. They're they're good. They can win the game with whoever they with exactly the squad they had last week. So um, yeah, I mean, want to get ab back but there's still what five games after this one so like just rest up bud rest up <laughs> for, for
0: sure and i uh, rest we Russ weeks on youtube hope ab comes back against atlanta he seems to torch them every time i mean if he's good um and also we got an update from rich on youtube his his boot is off um so so these are all, all i don't believe they're gonna i hope they're not gonna rush him back they rush gronk back too early cost him an extra couple games definitely i'm with you scott not to rush him back versus atlanta but it would be nice for him to get a little bit of a tune-up before that Bills game. Um, so, and and just for this offense to be what I think is the has a potential to be the best offense in football, uh, we need AB in the mix. Uh, Russ also said earlier it was good to see Scotty Miller out there. Yeah, huge play by Scotty Miller on special teams. Yes. Um, you know that was fantastic. Him recovering that that fu- that muff punt re- punt yeah. return. Uh, one of the five turnovers we mentioned. Uh, along with, along with a couple interceptions, uh, one by Antoine Winfield, uh, one by Pierre Desir at the end of the game to seal it, mm-hmm. um, and then the two forced fumbles from Shaq Barrett and Mike Edwards. Getting lots of good good comments here, so I want to try and hit these up. Scott, what do you got? There? What are you drinking right there?
1: It's just a beer, but it's it's from this uh, this brewery in Toronto, the Bandit. It's I, I was just as soon as I finished that last. <laughs> thing, I'm like, God, that probably looked so needlessly, kind of weirdly classy, even though. I think your probably, pinky was up. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you that it's a uh, Miller Lite. So um, <laughs> for you know, just squash any of the rumors out there.
0: I thought you were gonna say it's from the Elizabethan era, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you said I've it's been, from.
1: I've been saving it for, for for a special night, you know. So uh, yeah, it looks like I'm I'm some sort of wine guy. Let me tell you, I'm not.
0: Chris Williams on YouTube. Mike Evans has to step it up. Don't know if the connection is there right now. The connection in the red zone is certainly right there still. And I don't want to demonstrate too much recency bias by hopping on with this, Chris. I think the one thing I, and, and you're totally like, yeah, things didn't, he didn't have a great game he, in terms of his like volume numbers, his target share, his receptions, his yardage. It's, it's certainly nothing spectacular like we've, Bucks fans have become accustomed to to experiencing in the past. However, However, this is part of what I love about Mike Evans being a part of a complete receiving core alongside Chris Godwin, AB, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, all these guys who who can play on the outside in the NFL is his unselfishness. Like I truly believe Mike Evans is fine running routes, blocking, pissing off DBs like Marshawn Lattimore and, and James Bradbury and just doing whatever it takes for the team to win. I think he's secure in terms of his status. I don't think his ranking as a receiver in the league is top of mind to him. I think it's repeating uh, as a Super Bowl winner. And as long as the bucks are winning, I'm totally fine. I don't give a shit about what Mike Evans stat lines read to be perfectly honest. Cause I think, I think defensive coordinators and uh, other teams scheming have to worry about him just as much as they ever have. And that's often a reason why um, he gets, I don't want to say used as a decoy, but why he is still drawing so much attention, which is helping this offense as a whole, regardless of, what his stats might read or how many touches I, he gets.
1: Yeah. I get what you're saying. As far as the, like a number one target um, he's maybe the guy who's most okay with this decoy role or, you know, sacrificing for others. So in from that standpoint, I totally agree. Like how great of a personality is that to have when you have all the other guys on the team, but it's like, but doesn't he want a little bit more like, yeah. Doesn't he want to produce a little bit more, like tangibly? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just more playing devil's advocate here because he's a wide receiver who will want catches, yards, and touchdowns, like like everyone, right? But um, that, yeah, he's but a I, wide I, receiver.
0: I, he's a wide receiver leaving the leading the NFL and receiving touchdowns as well. Yeah, so that's like
1: well, I know for sure. I, I just mean in general going forward, right? Like I I don't disagree with anything you said. Like that's why he's such a valuable guy to have because. Maybe the stat line for him doesn't matter as much. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just almost strange to talk about a receiver who is so okay with blocking and and like um, taking two guys. So then, uh, you know, the rest of the field, the rest of the wide receivers are getting one on one coverage, right? It's just more of a strange like dichotomy than anything. It's weird. It totally, I think. I think that's the
2: sorry the uh the thing with Bucks fans is you guys are kind of spoiled right <laughs> like, yeah you have these two ridiculous wide receivers who are completely fine with blocking on every play right that is not, it's like, not how something the other 31 teams are are accustomed to like two borderline number one guys who are just like oh you don't need me to catch too much today oh i can I can do other stuff like I'm just gonna go up there I'll run my routes and I'll just try to like knock somebody on their ass on every play. Yeah. And like, especially with Godwin, like I think a lot of people are going to be getting on Godwin. I think if you're we going to talk about like some of the sore spots of this game, that Godwin fumble is something that's just like you're, you're not accustomed to seeing that at all. But he is so involved in the blocking game to the point that even the broadcasters are just like not even realizing that he's out there. Like he'll like on that goal line. I forget. I forget who it was that scored it was either Lenny or it was Rojo. But they're like, oh, Mike Evans is singled outside, and it's like, well, they also have another wide receiver, Chris Godwin, but he's basically playing tight end because he's that good of a blocker, yeah. um, and he's a threat to catch the ball as well too on this play. But yeah, it's it's unbelievable what those guys can do, and I, I don't think it it I don't think if you look this if you look at the box score and just say okay, Mike Evans had a bad game, you're not really you didn't get the gist of what happened in that game, right? You For you could go sure. back and watch a bunch of plays where he. Was making a difference.
0: I like nitpicking. Like I like nitpicking at this shit because we're it's such a advantageous position to be in, to yeah. be able to do it. Like yeah. you know, like we're saying, oh, Evan's gotta do this. I'd like to see Godwin do this. The point is we have them both and they're tremendous players, and we're not like A B is out right now, like it's crazy. Um, the one thing about Godwin, if I'm going to nitpick, so and Bo, thank you, by the way. That was like a really like you know, affirming credit to our receiving core and i appreciate you speaking yeah. to buck fan, bucks fans directly i would like so godwin is like totally shifted he's playing in the slot all the time like you said blocking like doing all he dude goes over the middle constantly he's taking these screen passes or hitch passes yeah. up the gut like he's getting oh. gritty yards gritty yards but i want to see them send him more like i want to see him go vertical more because he is tough in the vertical game as well he absolutely can do it He's yeah. he's been incredible over the course of his yeah. young career
1: and he's going to win these 50-50 balls like i don't think anyone's dealt that right oh, yeah. like I, I yeah i agree like hey if he, he is tough as nails and he's going to go over the middle and he'll and he'll make someone miss on a 3rd and 6 to get that first down kind of thing but he's also just like a legit good deep threat and someone who is super dynamic and can go make plays I feel like we're lacking they're lacking that a little bit but then it's you know They have all these boxes checked. Like, they can do all of this. It's just a matter of deciding when you want to employ it all, I think.
0: Right? 100%, man. 100%. Like, you know, down the field, there's times when I see how Mike Evans, like, it gets chalked up as a miscommunication. But I'm kind of like, dude, like, show a little urgency down there. Like, tackle the DB if you have to, if that ball is being floated up. Like, you know, don't do the old, oh, I ran the wrong route. We were all not on the same page. With Godwin, like – he, he will lay out for a ball, like throw his body on the line every single time. So just something I would like to see personally. Again, the, the, the luxury of being able to nitpick at two of your elite receivers. Think, once AB is back, like, that's what I'm saying when I'm saying I'm not worried. I just yeah. can't wait for them to be at full health. Someone in here said AB is going to be back, that uh, Bruce said it today. I didn't have a ch- chance to see the press conferences. Um, I saw it in one of these comments here. Apologies if I can't pull it up. But hopefully that is true um and carlton davis man hoping he's back sounds like he's going to be back um in terms of nice comment coming in here from buster rags on facebook why do our corners play so far off wide receivers we have to fix that you know buster the only guy it really bothers me with is when i see it happen to sean murphy bunting because i'm so often seeing him get get bunned get burned like (laughs) Um, I think that's, that's the game. reason that's, that's why they're playing so far off is that they are,
2: they are equally up, like very concerned about being blurred deep.
0: Um,
1: yeah. And especially so, with,
2: yeah, go ahead. No, Pose. i
1: just hundred oh, percent right. Yeah, they're keeping everything in front of them and, and daring the, a team like the Colts with Carson Wentz to nickel and dime their way down the field with five yard outs and stuff like that. Right. So that's what they're yeah. like. That's Buster. That's why they're doing that.
2: It's that, and you have Levante David and uh, Devin White who are sideline and sideline linebackers who you're not really that worried about guys getting
0: to the edge on you because you're going to get there as well with
2: your linebackers.
0: But, Bo, you're, you're totally right. I mean, that is – so it is almost historic how successful the Bucks have been at limiting deep plays. It happened last game. Okay. Yeah. Sean Murphy Bunting got burned. But this Buccaneers team is, like, first in the NFL in terms of limiting huge plays. Uh, chunk plays, explosive plays. So yeah. that is Todd Bowles' whole agenda: is he wants, he's willing to give up these like short check down plays and 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 you know death by a thousand cuts or whatever they say, and hopefully yeah. you know you get stops from the end zone or, or or you're it's ultimately putting your relying on what they happened last game. You want some turnovers. This is like that's Bowles' philosophy. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. been working for the Bucks to some extent, but the injuries it's hard to weigh. But that is ultimately the exact reason why. Um, they're lining up so far off. I don't love it either, but it's better. Like when I would see Vernon Hargraves lining up off guys when he was our, our first cornerback, like that was infuri- infuriating, you know, I mean, it just feels different. Yeah. Lots of great comments coming in. So I'm loving this. It's fueling our conversation. You're taking me right off our itinerary, but I'm good with that. Just hey. want to say anyone watching on YouTube, please um, check us out. Check out our channel as well. If you're watching on bucks report, YouTube, Uh any likes, but if you subscribe to our channel, Bucks Banter, it helps us out a ton and we really appreciate it. We're always broadcasting there as well. Thank you for tuning in. Sorry, Cap, were you gonna uh chime in on that last discussion point?
1: No, no, no. I was just gonna say there's there's a few more comments here, like you know, but it was third and also from Busters saying uh, you know, it was third and five, we're playing 10 yards off. Yeah, that's no good. All right, on third down, that's no good. But you're still you're still daring Wentz and the Colts to to execute properly to actually convert a first down, right? That's because you're, you're worried about getting deep. But it, It's yeah. on third down. It's a obviously not as acceptable, but that's just where they're coming from.
2: I, I'm I'm completely fine with it. Honestly, um, when it's third and five, I would rather give up eight yards than a touchdown. That's basically what it comes down to me. It's just like, if I'm that worried about my guy getting burned, okay. We'll live to, play another set of downs here because i don't want to give up that touchdown
1: yeah and hey like that's not great by the way if you're so worried about getting burnt all the time that you're just giving up first down like no of course not but it's like it's the whole issue of playing defense in the nfl it's a complete pick your poison situation on literally every single play right this is is where the this is kind of the hand of the dealt that the bucks have been dealt as a result of uh injuries and stuff right so
2: and it, maybe it's a philosophy thing then, because like if it's third and five and you call a play that has a deep shot in it, I'd rather you get to the line and, and say, oh, crap, that guy's playing 10 yards off. I'm going to change that route and make them go underneath and I'm going to take eight yards here rather than being like, oh, this guy's up at the line. I know my guy can beat him and he, he's going to beat him for 12 to 15 or 20 yards or Possibly yeah, touchdown, right? and I'm
1: with you there, Bo, but like reasonable minds can disagree on that. Yeah. Right? Like fair, it's, a, it's, a, it's a total philosophical stance, basically, right?
0: So, yeah. Going to keep catching up on some comments here. Russ Weeks on YouTube. I'm worried about how thin we are at guard with Stinney going down. When he went out, Brady got sacked. So the hope is Ali Marpet with his abdominal issue uh, won't be out too long. I feel great about our interior offensive line depth, to be honest. I mean, I don't know the extent of Stinney's injury at this point. But, uh, I mean, our third-string guard looked great Looked great in this game. We also have Robert Hainsey, who we drafted out of Notre Dame. That's a, a, he's not just a swing tackle. He's a swing guard. He could play center. So his versatility is key. So I feel really good about the depth of our offensive line, and especially because that's something that Buccaneers fans haven't been accustomed to over the years. And I, I, I probably harp on it too much. I love having this offensive line. I sleep better at night. My kids are happier because I'm happier. They're getting better serial. <laughs> Everything is working out, and it all stems from the quality of our offensive line, their cohesiveness together. They're on the same page with Tom Brady. Ryan Jensen's got wearing a towel in his ass just because Tom Brady doesn't want him to sweat there. Like everyone is sacrificing. <laughs> That's love, it, man. That's you, that love. is love. I love it. I love it. I love nothing more. Um Argy. Argy Pugh, I, I don't know if I'm saying your name right, uh, my friend, but thank you for the comment. People complain, but just a few years ago, we w- would be overjoyed with the production on the worst game the last year and a half. Stop being so critical when we have been so awful for decades. Perfect. I that, yep. love it. Love yep. it. Nothing more to say than that. I love it. Um, Yassan Ben Israel, reports are coming out. Brady in Vegas paid Jonathan Taylor to stay off the field. <laughs> Frank Reich was was defending his his angle on that, my guy. But uh, I love it anyway. Let's see the it. sources, anyway. they, see he, the
1: sources he, there.
0: Yeah, he goes on to say, Bunting, that boy always getting smoked. Should be, should say, Blunting, that boy's always getting smoked. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Russ weeks. About that one. Yeah, Russ weeks. Appreciate the sub. Appreciate it very much. Um, lots of great comments tonight. I'm Man, impressed. and lots of.
1: Lots of football X and O stuff too. Or like yeah. this is uh, this is wow. We're we're into that old fifty minute mark, and we had just been talking bucks, and I and I love it. Yeah, no, it's been great.
2: Um, are we gonna, gonna talk- can we look ahead? Can we look ahead a little bit? I obviously I'm I don't really want to talk about Atlanta, but looking at the yeah. playoff standings, San Francisco yeah. coming into Raymond James Field, how would you feel about
1: that? Tough. They'd be tough to beat. Like, obviously, Tampa's a favorite, and I'd expect them to win the game. But Sam, Sam Fran right now looks as good as almost anyone in the league.
0: I mean, they're, they're getting there. Uh you... Yeah, like Does that's it... – go ahead, go ahead. Tom, sorry. No, I, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I'm just talking. I mean – All right. Well, um, I well say... let me say one thing. I owe you yeah, something, man, And I think Scott owes you too. Um. You were all on Debo Samuel coming into this year, and I was like, I would rather Ayouk out of those two. And I think Scott yeah. Scott was sided with me on that one. I'll have to run the tape, Scott. Don't defend yourself because I can find it. Mm. I'm almost positive. But, Bo, oh. you were on Debo.
1: No, I yeah, love Debo. You,
0: what a year, man. Debo Samuel is going berserk. Not like we're trying to stray away from the Bucks, but it's on the topic of conversation um he
1: looks, like, looks like the high school kid who plays seven different positions and you just yeah. get him the ball on every single down except for he's doing it in the nfl
0: sean he's, cowie debo
2: Samuel yeah 100 he yeah sean cowie is very very apt uh comparison but like he is the guy in high school that you're just like waiting for him to come off because you don't feel like you have a chance when he's on the field yeah um, he is they're a different team with him I know he went down yesterday. It looks like he's only going to miss one or two weeks with that. Very different sorry? team. What's that?
0: Who is that? Sorry.
2: Debo Samuel. He went oh, down shit. in uh, against the Vikings, but I think it was a hip thing. I actually can't remember what it was, but um, he's out for like one to two weeks. But if uh, uh-huh. if he's on the field, he, he makes them a different team. But I absolutely hate that matchup for the 49ers. Uh, a 49ers offense who depends very heavily on the run. I I just can't see it happening against the Bucks. D. I just I I, I said this to Scott before the game, and we we're thinking about taking the Bucks in our little pool. But I can't see a team beating the Bucks by running the ball. If that's okay. your main thing that you do, well, if yeah. you are going to have a really tough Sunday or Saturday or whenever you play that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be really tough to to get it the yards that you need to win a game. I mean, I agree, but I'm biased. No, Um, and, like, that's – it goes back to, like, when – before when we were talking about, like, offline, we were talking about playoff matchups, I was like, Minnesota is probably one of the worst teams that you guys could play for a first-round matchup just because I feel like that deep threat with Justin Jefferson, who is just, like, again, another guy in this league that's just tearing up every corner that he comes across – um, feeling still there. They have so many uh tight ends that I, I like as well. Too. Um, if the Vikings somehow make another run, I know it's gonna be tough with all the Everson, Griffinson, Everson Griffin stuff that happened. Dalvin Cook went out with a, a shoulder dislocation. Looks torn like labrum. He's gonna be out. yeah. Is he is he gone then? Uh, at least
0: at least two weeks, but like I mean, a torn okay. labrum, that's what Baker's dealing with. Uh, that's gonna nag, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be bad, but they, but they also have one of the most uh solid backups in Alexander Madison. Uh we're here in Lost Alvin Cook for the year. I last report I read, that's coming in from Buster Rags on Facebook. Last I read it was at least two weeks, but I mean that could potentially be super liberal because so yeah. if, if you can get us a source, we'll publish you, buddy. Um in terms of Debo Bo, let me just hit on your boy Debo. Uh yeah. Pretty cool stat. Second receiver in the history of the league to have a rushing touchdown. So second receiver to have a rushing touchdown in three consecutive games. Um, ironically, who's the, other no, one? the other one is a guy who's just doing work this year. Cordell Patterson. Oh, who's done uh, he's done it twice.
1: He's he done it twice one. this She'll year. Got that
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. if you
2: told me it was this year, I would have said Cordell Patterson. I just thought it might have been someone from like
0: someone random. Like, Devin yeah, Hester a, or something. But it was years previous for Cordell. Like, it was like... Oh, wow. Yeah, it wasn't this year. It hasn't oh, okay. happened this year, I guess, rushing. So, found yeah. that to be interesting. Dug that one up on NFL.com. Um, hey, also that. Thanks. Thanks. I never know when Scott's being sarcastic or not. No, that, is,
1: that was genuine. That is a really good stat.
0: <laughs> that was genuine? <laughs> no, I took it as that. Your mustache is genuine. Yeah. Like, I feel... <laughs> <about it. laughs> I know we can't see the glass of scotch, but I know it's there. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I hate really the Saints healthy. with a passion, but I'm pulling for them Thursday night. Are they playing the Niners? Is that what's going on?
1: No, they play the Cowboys at home.
0: Cowboys. Oh, yeah. so, so how about? I, I feel like we've done a good amount. We're talking about some other teams. Um, Cowboys, tough loss. COVID's eating them up. I think.
1: Um, yeah, I think we talk about these NFC contenders a little bit and. Sorry, Colin. Interrupt, but please. I, I, I think we're getting on to Dallas. Uh, McCarthy is out. The coach is out for the for the Thursday nighter against New Orleans. So that's probably a huge plus for Dallas. Um, yeah, yeah. Got to think, Kellen Moore might be in the head coaching seat by what Saturday morning, something like that. We'll see what happens. Um, but they weird game. They just on Thursday night on th- or Thursday afternoon Thanksgiving. You know. Th- I know it went to overtime, but they needed everything right to happen to even get to overtime. The Raiders deserve to win that game. Dallas is banged up. No Cooper and no lamb. Like that's not even their real team, obviously. Right. So uh, it's a little bit, it's all relative, but they've been struggling. If they lost, they lost three of four. I think now one of those was at the chiefs. This Raiders game wasn't like an abomination or anything, but also mix in the dismantling that Denver put on them. And it's been a weird little chunk of the season for the Cowboys. So, uh, yeah, I see what Russ is saying. If New Orleans can come up with a win, you know, that knocks Dallas down to 7-5, and five and, you know, all of a sudden you're in some weird playoff situation, right? Yeah, Dak is like,
2: yeah. just going back to the Cowboys, like Dak doesn't look right. Like, he doesn't look like the guy who started the season, right? Like, ever since yeah, he took that, that be- what, I forget what game he took off when they, he had, like, some sort of calf issue. He came back from that, and I think it's been like three or four games now that he's just kind of looked. A little bit off
1: yeah and then that explains the record in those three or four games right like he's so good and he he is such a game changer for them obviously when he's going but no lamb and no cooper uh we'll see i think lamb is going to play thursday against new orleans so that helps them obviously what a weird part of the schedule for new orleans two thursday nighters in a row thanksgiving and then just a normal yeah. Thursday nighter, both at Same home with the Cowboys. Yeah, in Dallas. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. New yeah. Orleans hosts both games. Just weird. Um, New Orleans looks like a high school offense with all the all the guys they have hurt. Looks like Taysom Hill is gonna start the game, uh, based on what I was reading today. So um
0: Is he is he not injured?
1: No, I, he they was
0: He's dealing with plantar. I, it's funny. I read the report, he's dealing with plantar fasciitis, and then yeah. I read the same thing Scott read, which is they're, they're gonna move forward with him starting, which you have to after how god yeah, awful it's awful. Jimmy yeah. luck that game, he's not, then, he's not,
2: he's not, he's not NFL quarterback. That's like most people are not, they're the pace of Hill, then <laughs> yeah, also yeah. not an
1: NFL quarterback. Oh, Jesus, yeah. both, like, both
0: options are superior to Ben DiNucci. Um. <laughs> Speaking of underwhelming Dallas Cowboys, uh, Buster Rag says Zeke is awful this year. Buster, you must follow us on Twitter at Bucks Banter. And if you don't, you should. Because uh, I was talking exactly about this. I feel like, I mean, Scott's very passionate about wasting high draft capital on running backs. And he, he's voiced this.
1: I've mentioned since, it. I've mentioned since, it.
0: Since Zeke was in the womb, he was saying, don't draft this kid number one I to his did. mom. It was evil, but nurse. he said it.
1: I told the nurse. And the nurse was like, get out of here, little boy. So anyway, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh but yeah man tony pollard like what what, what's tony pollard's average or annual income or av like compared to zeke's right because tony pollard looks like the better player all around right now um and that's ultimately what the tweet was that's the only reason i referenced that and i found that appealing a nice way to boost ourselves they're different
1: um, runners, and they bring different things but this is this is If you have any argument or you need any example against the bell cow runner in the first round and all that, like this is it, right? Because Zeke was – it's not like – Zeke was very good, very productive for his first five years in the league, like not knocking him at all. But they had a guy on the roster who was almost just as good. And Tony Pollard was drafted late and – from a smaller school. I can't remember now. I want to say like North Texas or something. I but, thought he was a Memphis I was, guy. I thought he was yeah. a Memphis, oh, Memphis guy. It was Memphis. Yeah, yeah Memphis. Right. Uh, they mentioned it on the broadcast actually. Um, it just, it's, there's just not that much of a difference anyway. Yeah. While Z can still get to those tough yards and turn two yards into four as good as anyone in the league. Pollard is that, has that huge home run ability. Right. And, uh, and he showed, I mean, he returned a kick against the, the Raiders the other day, but, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, and I wouldn't yeah, try to be I re- just, reactive. I just
2: pulled right. it up. I just pulled it up like their salaries. Me too. Uh, Tony <laughs> Pollard <laughs> 850k a year. Uh Zeke's getting 9.6 million this year.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. So over wow. 10 times.
2: Yeah, it's it's a little rough. It's not it's not it's not doing a lot to my argument that if you have the right offensive line, you should invest in the running back, but
1: yeah. No, it, it is doing a lot to it, Boat, and it's killing it, actually. <laughs> it's doing well, so thank you.
0: Um, Let's see here. A couple comments. Uh, Russ says, I think the Saints give the Cowboys everything they can handle, being at home and desperately needing a win. COVID has struck the Cowboys. Coach is pretty good. I feel like um, – I think I Scott said it earlier. McCarthy being out is beneficial to the Cowboys.
1: Also, um, also didn't the Saints desperately need a win this past week?
0: True. Yeah. Great point. They, they looked really like, bad. Yeah. Without Kamara too.
1: Wouldn't you, wouldn't you rate Dallas and Buffalo as being almost like maybe a pick'em? maybe Buffalo, a two point favorite on a neutral field. I don't know. Like I get I'm
0: taking Buffalo. I'm taking <laughs> Buffalo in that. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. are you still taking Buffalo with Tradavius uh, Tredavious whiteout? Oh, right. Yeah. That's a factor, especially in that matchup. If we're talking big specifically guys, that right? matchup and that's a big matchup for the Buccaneers in their upcoming game versus the Bills. Right. It's a huge, it's a huge
1: one. Yeah. That's just
0: jumping around like Frogger, just hopping yeah, I around. It. Like, I like it.
1: I have one like slight hiccup there. Now we're I'm I'm losing my, <laughs> my great uh, cowboys point. We're talking about Tredavious White's injury, like no more slip-ups over here. <laughs> um and I was just gonna say, yeah, New Orleans needed that win. They got absolutely dismantled. Honestly, I see something very similar happen again, happening again. How are they going to move the ball without Kamara? They don't yeah. have anyone. I think the Saints aren't lose. going
2: to be good this year. That's like, no. like if you're a Bucks fan, you should be happy about that. Just, yeah. I know, I know it'd be fun to beat the Cowboys, and like everybody always wants to see, beat the Cowboys, see the Cowboys lose. But the Saints are not a professional football team this year, no, and they're not, not going right to be now. one to close out this season. Not yeah, right Michael now. Thomas,
0: Michael Thomas is 100 healthy. He's just making a calculated career decision here. He doesn't want to get. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to be trying to catch jump balls. like what you know when a five yard out feels like a hail mary coming from Taysom Hill or Simeon or whomever. Yeah,
2: um,
0: the thing with the Bucks fans you're worried
2: about, and this is going to tie in nicely with the Monday Nighter that we might want to preview. Um,
0: the Saints need to improve their pick so they can trade it for Russell Wilson. Dude, there's yeah. a, like there's a lot of teams that need to trade for Russell Wilson. Uh, I think the Cleveland Browns are one of them. I was going to say, that, that's like number two. I think
2: the ones the wow. ones that everybody's always going to say that we can strike off for the Seahawks, and the Seahawks play Washington tonight, and I think we talked about it two weeks ago, the Pete Carroll era is probably over. Um, I think it could be actually over if they lose this game tonight. Um, everyone's always going to bring up the Broncos and the Panthers uh, to pick up one of these star quarterbacks in this offseason. I think the Saints are going to be right there in it because this draft isn't looking good for quarterbacks, yeah. if the Saints could figure out a way to get Russell Wilson, um,
1: but you don't think they this like is going to be a really
2: interesting podcast next year.
1: But you don't think they liked what they saw from Winston enough before he got hurt? Like, Jameis was pretty good. James like, they don't have – no Thomas, no Kamara. Like, what do you – doesn't matter who they have. Like, true. I don't know. I'm not ruling it out. Hey, if you can get Russell Wilson – yeah. They're going to try to do it. But I just mean – I just think there are a bunch of teams. That Cleveland one is interesting. How about Pittsburgh?
0: Well, like, Pittsburgh would in be in a yeah. bad way. Let me just say, yeah. Bo, the, the Saints are, are in a in a terrible salary cap situation moving forward. Sure. So, for them to take on Russell Wilson seems just not reasonable, unfortunately, as much as that would be helpful to them and something they could benefit from. Something like what Caps alluding to, fi- bringing back Jameis or something like that would allow them to at least make a better attempt at keeping their – they have a really strong defense, keeping that defensive unit intact yeah. for the most part. Hey. That defense is why I think, like, I think Russell needs to go to a
2: team with one of these, like, premier defenses, like a Pittsburgh or a or a Saints. Uh, but, yeah, the, it's, 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 great, it's tough for the cat.
0: He'd be getting that. He'd be solving – he'd be hitting two birds with one stone because he'd also have a beyond competent play caller in Sean Payton compared to what, exactly. you know, the much maligned play calling – uh, strategy that has plagued Russell Wilson and the Seahawks since their Super Bowl glory da- days. I, I know we've know. talked about that a lot, but
1: I don't even know if you can call it play calling. I think it's more like play doing, or <laughs> play obligated to go do something. Like, it's so ridiculous that actually that game is well starting in ten minutes. That kind of snuck up on us. Hey. Eh?
0: Cap, you got you like you like a side in this game. Caps
1: are our well, betting expert. So all I think the money we to get your... coming, the, the late money is coming in on Seattle, which which worries me a bit, but I, I like Washington, man. I think they play with at least a fire. I like Heineke. I think he makes plays. I think Seattle might if they go down 14-3 or something, I think they might crumble. Like yeah. Wilson, there's no way he's healthy. They've scored one touchdown I believe in like the 19 drives since he's been back I don't think like let's not forget how bad they were last week and even against Green Bay as well like it was last two weeks yeah the last two weeks yeah so hey I get people are trusting Wilson and that the Seahawks are whatever just going to kind of figure it out I think they're done I think this is a like a total white a potential like wave the white flag game and I like Washington tonight big time but um Hey, we'll see if- I've been wrong before. No. Earlier today, a couple times. Just ask my wife. But yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Bo, how about you? What do you do? You have any thoughts you want to get off your chest or get related to this game, betting, or real life, or otherwise? No, no. Like, yeah, I, I,
2: think this could be the nail in the coffin for Pete Carroll. I think this is the loss that they look back on and just be like, you couldn't beat Washington. Like, what? Like, how can we even think that we're a playoff team? Cause like at the end of the year, like they're gonna get two more wins against maybe the Texans and maybe the Lions, oh probably the Lions. Um, but yeah, like I just I think this is it. This is the end of that Pete Carroll era. And like as bad as it looks on the way out, he had a pretty pivotal like run in the NFL for a guy coming from college, which doesn't happen that often. Um, so yeah, like give him his flowers, but it looks horrible right now and. I don't think he should be an NFL coach. He
1: sucks. They suck.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they've looked really bad last couple of weeks. I mean, I still have such a re- appreciation for Russell Wilson's greatness. I yeah. feel like he's bound to pull one out of his ass and maybe it's tonight, but I really don't know. Like for me, it's a stay away. I don't know. In ter- from a betting angle. Um, it's full. Stay but away but based, on, based on what we've seen, like I completely understand because you're right, man. The the Washington football team has looked really good uh, of late, especially Simeon. Simeon's looked beyond competent. Like, he's looked really Heineke. solid. Heineke. Sorry. Heineke. Sorry. Heineke. Thank you. Yeah. Too many Heinekes this weekend for your boy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, you got Simeon on the mind. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Marcus Simeon, rest in peace, Toronto Jays oh, wow. fans. Heading to Texas. Yeah, boy.
1: See you, bud. Uh, rest
0: in peace, the rest of this beer.
1: A lot of baseball <laughs> signings today, eh?
0: Yeah, Scherzer to the Mets, right?
1: I'm watching. I'm watching Iowa Virginia here, and sorry, this is another tangent. But Alabama's an underdog for the first time since 2015 in this oh, SEC man. championship game against Georgia.
0: Wow! Wow! As they should be underdogs. George, this is Georgia's year, man. That defense is insane. It's insane. That defense is yeah. insane.
1: Last last time they were a dog, they were a one point dog at Georgia, and they won 38-10. So that's pretty funny
0: um rich oh six six five that new offensive coordinator was not the answer for seattle you got to check our other episodes man we've covered this way more in depth than we should have i don't even know how yeah. we have but we've On talked about that
1: podcast
0: yeah bucks banner podcast baby talking to yeah. everything not just bucks but uh rich and anyone else tuning in for the first time please give us a subscription uh search our youtube channel bucks banter uh, and subscribe it's greatly appreciated so we can keep doing stuff like this yeah um some good comments. I'm not going to be able to get to um, Yasson. Who are your top three receivers? When you say your, I'm not sure what you mean. If we're talking NFL, I still think you got to give the mantle to Devonte, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and I would say Justin Jefferson as the top three. If we're talking NFL, wow. slanderous.
2: Cooper Cup is literally flipping <laughs> tables and like throwing his desk out a window right now. Yeah. How dare you! Oh, uh, not a
1: Cooper Cup. But he's I'm totally waiting. Dirty.
0: I'm racist against white receivers, you know that. <laughs> but, but no, Cooper Cup. I I mean, I'm sorry, but give me any one of those three over Cooper Cup if I'm like building my team or like having the moment. Really? Yeah, I, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going Devontae Adams. Yeah. I think he's the clear number one for me. Um,
2: and then I'm going Cooper Cup, and then I'm going just. I think I'm going Justin Jefferson, just because I feel like DeAndre a little banged up right now.
0: Yeah, like that wasn't in order. I was just trying to say the three names. I think you got to say like, and let me be clear as well. There's other guys situation matters. Obviously, I'm like the biggest Jamar Chase fan, as you guys well know. And I was entering this year. He's a guy who's going to be on that list at some point soon, but not not yet. That's for sure. Mike Evans off a little bit. Mike Evans was in a different situation, and he wasn't the unselfish guy who we talked about. I think he has that kind of talent, but as do a few other guys around the league. Situation matters. I mean, actually, you know what? Stephon Diggs has got to be on that list. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm not. He's got to be on that in that top three. So I would just, thanks. I'm
2: just saying, like if we're giving out a reward for this year, Cooper Cup has to be.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, well, if top it's mine, right? you're right. Like,
2: I know, like if it's if you're building a team, like maybe then you start humming haw about it, but I don't know. Like I think he's kind of entered a different class of wide receiver right now for me, at least. Yeah.
0: God damn it, you son. You come in with that that question right at the end, bro. We're trying to get out of here for Monday Night Football. Caps already. <laughs> Caps already placed two two in play bets already since since the game started. I
1: may have hit it a couple times.
0: They haven't even kicked off, but yeah. at least he, he hit the bucks too a couple of times yesterday, and that paid off for him just like it did your boy. Um I think we're gonna dip on out of here, watch some Monday night football, uh have it's a couple drinks to nurse.
1: Driver. I always believed in you. That's right. Uh
0: Good guy. oh, Metcalf. Metcalf can't be on that list. I love seeing Godwin's name there, Rich. Sorry, yeah. I'm getting sucked can't in have that comment there, Yeah. Thanks we'll for tuning that. in, folks. Yeah.
1: How about we tweet, how about we think about it, and from the Bucks banner, we can uh, the the Twitter account we can we can send you our top three, and then we'll see no. if we can uh, we'll see if we get some reactions here. Maybe a few That's... clips,
2: maybe a few clips. Oh yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Now All you're right.
1: putting the boss man to work here, Bo.
0: Well, no, I, I'll, I'll give you I, I'll get it on it. Don't worry
1: oh. about it. <laughs> Call him Perfect, up.
0: perfect. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. It's been real happy to talk Bucks for an entire episode. Super great engagement. Shout out to YouTube, all you guys. Like I said, follow Bucks Banter. And follow us on Twitter at Bucks Banter. Follow Bono's Ball. Follow Captain Ron. Enjoy Monday night football. Enjoy your week. Buccaneers trending into Atlanta for another, hopefully, convincing victory or at least a convincing victory. Um, And we'll talk again soon. Until then, keep it real. Peace. Peace.